0: Do you send animated gifts a lot like in your in your messages? Do you send to people? No, because I get so, them.
1: I don't a lot because I get annoyed when people send them to me. You do? Well, when they send me a ton of them, I get annoyed.
0: Yeah. Like when they send you like the hooray. It's like puppies on cake and that kind well, of stuff. That's that's annoying.
1: It's annoying when they just like do it all the time, because what happens is then it 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 uses up data it uses up like your phone
0: or storage Uh, uh so you're annoyed for purely old person technical reasons yes and not and not for like uh purist the show and the projects and things we're working on sorry at the very at the end of the show and the wrap but i'm really excited um, it's it's not done done. It'll be done soon, but we've been working on uh on a book uh that's gonna be coming out really, 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 really soon. And it's a lot of fun. And we've been playing with it. It's I mean, it's an easy read, it's mostly just ideas and things that you could do to be, you know,
1: awesome. I don't know that I would call it a book, but I guess it is a book. Uh, it looks like a book.
0: It looks like a
1: book. That's if something it looks like a book. And reads and it, like a book
0: and it tastes <laughs> like a book. It's a book. Yeah. a book. So we have been working on it. I was going to say, what have you been working on creatively, but we've both been working on that to get it ready to yeah. go um, and get it available to everybody. So I'm really, really excited. I, I hope this, this week. Uh, so wait, if I say this week and you listen to this show, actually, you know what, when you listen to this show, hopefully it'll be live. Uh I'm going to act like I don't know, but who do we have on the show today, Kate?
1: Ooh, get excited, everyone, because I, I'm so excited about today's guest. We are talking to, I feel like he's like, well, in, in, in our content marketing world space in the speaker space, he's, he's famous. He's, he's a famous, he's famous. I'm going to say he's He's famous. famous. famous Yeah. I kind of want to say his name
0: his first name three times and his last name three times when we introduce him. Is that kind of famous?
1: <laughs> yes, he is famous. I'm so excited to be chatting today with Jay Bear, the wonderful, awesome Jay Bear. He is really such an incredible human. He is one of fewer than 200 living members of the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame. What? I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. He is a renowned business strategist. He is a very popular MC and event host. If you have an event, you want this man on your stage because (laughs) he brings, yeah, he brings all the energy. He's good at
2: warming him up.
1: He's, he's, he's good. He is a New York times bestselling author of guess how many books, six books, six Books. This man's written six books. Oh my gosh, so crazy. Um, And he's an advisor for more than 700 companies since 1994. Talk about an incredible entrepreneur. He has started five multi million dollar businesses from scratch. So he's written six books, he's started five multi million dollar businesses. Insane. He's the founder of Convince and Convert, a digital strategy consulting firm that helps prominent companies gain and keep more customers. Honestly, I mean, he's just, does he have any time to do anything else? Does he, does he have time to create for no reason? I don't know, but we're going <laughs> to find out. So. We're going to find out. He is an active venture capitalist and technology advisor, as well as an avid tequila co- collector. Which is really fun. Abid,
0: abid tequila. Con- abid I wonder tequila. if he drinks the uh the smoky tequila.
1: I don't hey well, Mezcal. we can ask him and find out. I wonder if he hangs out with George Clooney because <laughs> George Clooney Wait,
0: smokes cigars and drinks tequila and drinks with George. Tequila. Clooney.
1: I mean, I don't know. Um, he's All also right. the host of the popular social pros podcast, the talk triggers video show and the standing ovation podcast where speakers tell their stories. Of their stories. So I'm uh, very excited to chat with the amazing Jay Bear.
0: Jay, 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 Bear, Bear, Bear. See, three, <laughs> it works really well. Jay Bear, Jay Bear, Jay Bear. Say that 10 times in front that of
1: me. 10 times with
0: the lights off. Do you know what happens?
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: Nothing. Nothing. All right, cool. All
1: right. What's up? We did it. Um, all right. Well, oh my gosh, yes. This is so fun. Jay, I don't even know the last time that I saw you. It might've been, been a content while. marketing world.
2: Yeah, that's probably it. Two two years ago back yeah. in Boston, we did, uh, live. I think that's right.
1: Oh, except for the, I, there was one time when you were doing your, your tour with, was it Citibank?
2: Oh, um, with Chase Bank, yes.
1: Chase Bank. You were doing your tour with Chase Bank. And I, I remember I was following Jay and I said, oh, <gasps> He's right down the street from me, and so I <laughs> hopped so, in my car. <laughs> so
2: kind of you to pop in. Yeah, I that was a really fun, really fun project.
1: Yeah, that. How, was...
2: Wait, so tell me more about that. You went on a banking
0: tour. Uh, well, what Chase, was that? What's that uh, about?
2: Chase Small Business does well. I, I, I presume not this year, but in in years past, uh, they have done kind of a road show where they have a different speaker every year. So Mel Robbins has done it in the past. I'm a Hider. Josh Linkner, um, Ryan Estes, and a few years ago, I did it. And so they they set up a number of either breakfast or lunch events for their small business customers in a particular market. And then the the market manager for the bank gets up and says a few words, and then the speaker does a thing, and then people eat and hang out. It's great. Uh, and so I think I did twenty four cities for them. So it was like it was like being on a on a rock tour, but. <laughs> Like, but with a microphone and, you know, no band. Um, So yeah, it was, it was really fun. They were great, great company to work with. I really enjoyed it.
1: That's awesome. Well, it was fun to see you. And uh, I've been, I've been a fan of yours for a while. Love your books. And I was just before, Sean, before you popped on, I was like, oh my gosh. I said, Jay, you're the man. Just like reading all (laughs) of the things that you've done. is true. It's true. And you're also just.
2: man. I think it
0: just means I'm old. I think
1: it just
2: no. means I have a I have a long list of things I've worked on.
1: Yes. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because um when I reached out to you, I said, you know, we have it's this podcast, Create for No Reason, all about why creativity matters in business and life. And you are someone who not only have you are you an incredible entrepreneur and have built so many companies and, and brands and you work with so many, so many other companies that you consult with. I, you're so creative. Like you're a creative individual in the way that you approach entrepreneurship and business and life. So I, I would love to start with just what does creativity mean to you?
2: Not accepting the status quo. Mm. I think you can be creative in any number of ways, but you definitely cannot be creative if you're satisfied with exactly the way things are. And and so I apply that all the time, right? I, I, I was on a board um, of directors a couple years ago and the president, when I got off the board, the president said, you know, the thing about you is you're never satisfied and you've never met a thing that you didn't try to optimize or make better. <laughs> and I'd never really thought it about it that way, but it's exactly right, right? If it's like okay, well, and then we do this sign up sheet. I'm like, nope, that's stupid. We're not going to do the sign up sheet that way. We're going to do it with a QR code that then goes to a Google form, and we're going to make it better. And it's going to be more fun. There's going to be a GIF, and and I just, I, I just refuse to say, yep, that's just what we've always done it. So that's why we should do it again. I just, I, I'm allergic to that kind of thinking, um, and so sometimes my creativity takes. Uh, uh is unappreciated <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and takes uh takes takes weird uh weird turns but but i can't help it it's just how my it, my daughter's the exact same way she's 22, just graduated college and, and her head happens to work the same way so she was a kid who I swear this is true uh Sean and Kate when she was like I would say she's probably eight yeah she's probably eight years old and we were living in Arizona and we went to a Mexican food restaurant, as is my custom. And there had table tents on the table. Uh, and it was some special. And, and she was like, well, I'm glad they told us about the specials. But I don't trust this font. And I'm like, a girl. <laughs> a <"Atta, atta> girl. <laughs> and it is true. It was like Comic Sans, like <laughs> you know, a, recommending chimichangas of- in <laughs> Comic Sans. I'm like, you're, that's not going to do it. That's not <laughs>
3: Oh, he just in Comic of, just an
2: advertising degree so everything for a reason that is so great <laughs> well, no, i just... love that you said you
0: put it we're gonna put a gif in there like at the very end <laughs> of putting together the form like we're
2: going to optimize. It's going to be amazing. Oh, there's going to be a dancing Well, cat you know, I mean, look, you got to put a little frosting on stuff, Sean. Everybody focuses <laughs> on cake. And they're like, I'm going to make the best cake possible. And that's cool. But everybody knows that the frosting is what you remember, right? So I sort of treat creativity the same way. Like, it's the reason why I don't just wear a suit. I wear a plaid suit, right? It's the reason why I can change these, these lights behind me as we're recording this um to whatever color we want. Like, you just... Just take the extra effort to put a little creativity mm-hmm. into it. And it's amazing how much people notice that.
1: Yes. Is that so as you're saying that I'm 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 picturing the cover of Talk Triggers, which is <laughs> yes. a llama. I mean, alpaca, alpaca. Oh, action, I'm sorry, yes. alpaca. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> happens know. all the time.
1: Um, so, by the way, I am so sad because I really wanted to show the little... I really wanted to show the stuffed animal that you gave yes. in your package yes. with the book, but yes. sadly my niece has that cuz she Ah, uh,
2: nice. <laughs> I have one in here. There's a stuffed alpaca that came yeah. with the book. Yeah. in the other office. Yeah, so so for for influencers and friends, we uh in pre-buys we sent uh mini kind of like alpaca stuffed animals and it actually worked out great cuz we had so much social media traction on that. Like taking a picture of a book and putting it on your linkedin or your insta is like yeah cool but like it's a book but <laughs> a book with an alpaca on top of it, you're like hey now i haven't seen that in the feed lately so but that, you're right kate that's why the book has alpacas on the cover I mean, it's a book about word of mouth and being different so we felt uh, my co-author daniel lemon and i felt it would be a little bit disingenuous to have a book cover that look like everybody else's book cover it's a book about word of mouth um, and being different so uh, we just found that image, the stock image of the two alpacas, sort of whispering to each other, as if one is telling the other a secret. Uh, and the funny thing is, you know, we publish with Penguin, right? So they're not exactly like the super wacky publisher, right? It's Penguin Books, right? So we we Daniel's a pretty good designer, so he mocked up the cover more or less, and we sent it to our editor. And we're like, Hey, here's what we're thinking for the cover. And we're like, there's no way they're going to go for this hot pink. And it has alpacas on the cover for a business book. And I think people were out of town or something because they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. We're like, really? They're like, sure. We're like, yay. So I'm uh, still not quite sure how, how we got it approved, but, uh, but, but we did.
0: That's
1: so <laughs> awesome.
0: People, people were out of town. Well, I know what it's like going into that kind of, uh, uh, it could be like a rabbit hole to go into. Okay, what are we going to put on the cover? What are we going to do? This Ugh. unique. What? What was the? Can do you remember what got you to the alpacas? Were you just like both sc- like looking through stuff, and then one of you found it and went, "Oh my god, you got to see this."
2: Well, it it was two things. One, just the desire to to do something inherently different, and then two, we wanted to. Um, Kind of demonstrate word of mouth if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. right? word of mouth is sort of an amorphous concept, which is one of the reasons people don't study it enough. And so we wanted to sort of show people talking, if you will, mm-hmm. um, which inherently doesn't sound very interesting. And it's not, unless the people talking are alpacas. And then it's much <laughs> more interesting visually. Um and and so we 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 had originally mocked it up um as like an old school like almost a 50s style uh, like a Liechtenstein, like with the, you know, the woman whispering to her friend, like that kind of motif. Um, but it just felt a little too pat. And then we sort of said, well, what if it's animals? And then that sent Daniel down uh, a a crazy rabbit hole, literally, because we at one point looked at rabbits um, talking to each other. Um, and and But the funny part is, Kate, and you stepped right into it, which I love, uh, I discovered in the process of writing this book and, and producing it, That llamas have way more name recognition uh, as a species than alpacas, because everybody thinks it's a llama, but Mm -hmm. it is, in fact, an alpaca. So much so that if you go to right now, talktriggers.com, which is the site for the book, and there's tons of free resources there, you will see an infographic that we actually had commissioned and paid real money for. And the infographic (laughs) is the infographic is the differences between llamas and alpacas. (laughs) because I got tired of everybody saying llamas I'm like no actually it's an alpaca uh, and when we did the book launch we we shot a bunch of promo videos at an alpaca ranch and we like had them with us and all that it was pretty great yeah.
1: oh my
2: gosh they say never work with kids I'm gonna add to that never work with alpacas um, because they spit like legit they it's like a camel they spit on you so which makes it kind of hard to do a video shoot. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of books, you so you've written six books and one of them is good. One of them, only one.
0: <laughs> guess which one? You'll have
2: to read them if all. That's the show. Yes. Guess which one? <laughs> yep.
1: No, I, you know, I, I always I love talking to authors about their their writing process. You know, Sean and I talk about mm-hmm. this a lot just with the process, but you've written, I feel like You've written so many books. Do you have like a specific creative process that you have to go through in order to-
2: Absolutely, yeah. And my process is actually much different than most people uh, I've discovered um, in that. So what is typically the case, as you probably know, people will write a book and then they turn it into a speech, make the speech of the book. I do it the exact opposite. So I write a speech. Mm. I go do that speech 50 times over a year or two years or whatever. And then once I'm like, yep, this speech is dialed, then I expand it and turn it into a book. Uh-huh. And that's why a lot of my books have sort of a strong narrative, more of a beginning, middle and an end than a lot of business books because it started as a talk that has a beginning and a middle and an end. So I literally transcribe the keynote and then add examples um, and and structure and detail and how tos because there's not a lot of how to usually in a keynote. So I basically take um, the transcription of the keynote as the spine and then write around it and turn it into a book.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, I love this. I'm eating it up. I well, I, I I've thought this. I've thought the same, uh, but haven't gone all the way through it. It's so fascinating to hear it because that's what I've seen. Um, I've seen you present. I've seen you on stage, and then see that get turned into it. So often, somebody will do it with, say, blog posts, mm-hmm. and they don't quite. It feels like. I mean, I, uh, I this is Kate and I like to make fun of. Well, I like to make fun of famous marketing people uh, that I love. <laughs>
1: yes, you and love like to, to hang out with. <laughs>
0: um, that's the show. Uh, that should be a yeah. show. That should
2: be a TikTok channel.
0: That's the one <laughs> that we should do. Yeah, uh, yeah, but sometimes like it'll come out, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I read it in the blog post," or it sounds like blog posts just yep. been regurgitated, put into form, and and doing it like that, pulling together that narrative that you've now you've you've tested the material like a standup comedian, so you know that's what exactly, rides. That's exactly like you know yeah, it. Because
2: works. my thought is, look, a book is permanent; you can't take it back. A, a keynote, I can change, and I do. I change every. I've never given the same speech twice. Not exactly. So I change stories and material constantly on stage, but once I'm like, okay, this story is 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 there. Only then does it go on 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 page because you can't mm-hmm. you can't continue to optimize that once you give it to the publisher. So I want to make sure that I've road tested the material and not all the material because again, you know, if you transcribe a keynote, it's going to be I don't know, ten thousand ish words, mm-hmm. right? A business book is going to be 55, 60,000 words. So you got to write a lot more to make a book out of a keynote. Um, so it's not as if every story in every book has been on stage. Um, it just doesn't work like that. But the, but the signature ones, kind of the core, is definitely road tested, just like a comedian. Absolutely. Same process. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot. I, I study a lot of stand-up comedy. Um, we have an amazing comedy club here in Bloomington, Indiana. Shout out to the Comedy Attic um, that I visit a lot. And and I try and take a, a lot of lessons from from that community.
1: Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Stand up comedy. Who, who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite comedian?
2: So many probably Tig Notaro. Um, yeah, she's so great. And I've learned a lot from her. I actually changed my own Mm -hmm. performance style based on her courage to hold a bit. Like when it's, when the audience is laughing because it's awkward is when she's at her best and she will continue to push that moment and she'll stay in a bit like way longer than you think, Makes sense, and it makes it that mm-hmm. much funnier. And so, <laughs> I've got some signature stories in my talks, and, and now I do that. I stay in the bit way longer, and I learned that directly from Tick.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. I I could I could watch stand up all day long. It's so fascinating to me. It's a, I do I actually do think it is similar to when I'm watching someone give a presentation because there's so much that you can take away from watching their style, even just like the cadence and how they're saying mm-hmm. things and the inflection. And it's so interesting.
2: There's also a lot of um, similarities in terms of, and it depends on the comic and the speaker, but the concept of planned imperfection. Mm. So so I've got a, a, a podcast or I had a podcast, it's on hiatus now called Standing Ovation, where I interview um, a professional speaker in each episode. And the the tagline of the show is is where professional speakers tell the stories of their stories. And so each speaker we we listen to as the audience of the show, we listen to their signature story. And then I ask them, like, how did you write it? Have you polished it? Have you changed it over time? Et cetera. It's very similar to a show called Good Ones um, in the stand-up community. Yeah. I mean, same same idea. Yeah. Same idea, but I think mine's better. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: of course it's better. <laughs> There's no planned much. imperfection.
2: I was I was interviewing Captain Charlie Plump who is truly a legendary speaker. He was a Vietnam prisoner of war. He was in the cell next to Senator John McCain. They were good friends. Uh got out of a uh, POW camp and became a professional speaker and has been a professional speaker now for 45 years or something. Mm-hmm. And so Charlie and I are, are are friends. I'm lucky to call him a friend, I guess is a way to say that. So I had him on the show and I said, well, unlike a lot of speakers like me who are sort of come at it from a consulting content perspective, you in many cases sort of tell your story and then apply that to business and life lessons. I said, so you've been basically telling this story for 45 years, I said, "Yes." And I said, well, how do you then prevent it from sounding like it's on autopilot, right? And a lot of speakers will do that, right? You can tell, you just press play and then mm-hmm. at minute 11, they cry, right? I mean, it just, it just feels very rote, Um, and he told me something that blew my mind. He's like, In every presentation, uh, I come up with a couple places where I intentionally make mistakes and it's planned imperfection so that the audience doesn't think that it's too planned. And I was like, Whoa, that's amazing. And a lot of stand ups do the same. So the best stand ups make it feel like they're just talking. Yep. But the best stand ups write out every word including punctuation it is literally a script um but you wouldn't know it unless you actually knew it
1: oh that's so cool you know um have you seen bo burnham's special i have not
2: watched it yet because i'm afraid i'm gonna be too freaked out but everybody says um that it is like unbelievable and he is truly truly a genius he's a genius
1: He's a j yeah. every one of his specials is mind blowing, incredible, amazing. And he does things that you're talking about. And I'm just blown away by that man. I mean, it's no wonder that he has millions. Talk of about followers.
2: a dude who can like do everything, right? He's like the classic multi-hyphenate. He probably can dance. Oh, triple uh, threat. Yeah. Probably threat. like, you know, he's got it. Yeah. Can make yeah. a souffle. I mean, it's yeah, the kind of <laughs> I hate that guy.
1: (laughs) I hate that guy. That guy sucks. Although we love him. No, Jay, that's how I feel like some people could say the same about you. I, I mean, you. Thank you. But no entrepreneur. Write these books. Incredible speaker. Like just and Jay, you're just such a kind person. Like you're just so kind. And, you know, you've done so many things. I wonder which is there something that you had the most fun creating out of all the things, the businesses, the books, everything that you've created and done videos, all, all the podcasts, everything.
2: I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. Um, thank you for asking that question. It's the most fun thing I ever made. Um, probably, um, the, the thing that actually failed the biggest, um, which is years ago. Let's see. Eight years ago, I guess. um, I built a company called marketingpodcast.com. And it was Google for marketing podcasts. Because at that point, uh, it was really hard to discover podcasts. And I would argue it's still not easy. Um, right. and, and so I had a marketing podcast and lots of my friends had marketing podcasts and like, how do you find an audience and how does the audience find you? Um, and so I built a whole um, database with an algorithm and the whole show and thing. And you could, as a as a business owner or something, go on this marketingpodcast.com and be like, I'm interested in small business creativity. And it'd be like, boom, 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 boom. Here's the shows you should uh, download and listen to. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that project because I felt like it was something that was needed uh, and it really worked. The problem was, and the lesson I subsequently learned is that you should not, even when you are trying to express your creativity, build a company without first figuring out the business model. So it was, uh, people loved it, uh, and I loved it. Except I never figured out like how am I going to make money on that exactly. Um, and then I decided that I didn't want to do it as like a Labor of Love, um, and so we had to sunset that. So it was well ahead of its time, but that was probably my favorite one that we ever worked on.
1: Oh wow! Is there is there a particular? Well, wait. What did you learn from that project? That what like what was the most important skill that you learned in that project?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, the most important skill was really thinking through the entire life cycle of the project, right? So it's easy to think through like, and then we're going to do this thing and then we're going to start this thing and then this thing's going to exist and that's going to be awesome. But then what I didn't do, and I should know better, but I didn't at the time, is okay, And now how are we going to make money at it and how are we going to scale it and then what are we going to do and who's going to run it and what happens if it does succeed because you got other businesses to run. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really think through the whole timeline of the business. Cause I was so psyched about the idea that I didn't really think through the full execution. And that's on me. Mm.
0: I still is love there... it. I love mean, that. I love the running, like going for it and saying, I mean, I, I have the same problem when I won't do it. Uh, like, how is this going to make money? But you can even hear it in your voice when you talk about that. You didn't even give the examples. You're just like, we're going to do this thing, and then
2: this thing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, yeah, like, you know, it's it's the it's the entrepreneur's curse, right? That that a lot of times, um, you enjoy the hunt more than you enjoy the feast, mm-hmm. and and that's why people who don't need the money uh, and have had successful exits tend to start more companies because it's not about the money or the exit. It's about you just have that burning desire to make another thing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah would you ever have you ever done stand-up
2: not per se no i mean i i i I adopt a very stand-up style on stage and i use a handheld mic and everything i don't use a a lav and um and and so i i i i use a lot of the same mechanisms but i've never done it
1: would you ever do it like do you have any (laughs) desire i knew that Um... was
2: coming next i was like.
1: Maybe I just,
2: I don't know if I, if I, I don't know if I would have like material that's actually good.
1: What? That's yeah,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, that is so interesting. Cause you, you're so funny on stage during a keynote. Yeah. But
2: funny on stage telling a story that has a business lesson is different than being funny. And people are like, I'm here for you. I, I, I've paid money to laugh is different from, i paid money to learn. And by the way, I'm laughing. It's a different Uh standard from the audience, but what I would like, and I will tell you this Kate, um, I would like every keynote to have the same physical environment as a standup because Mm -hmm. standup comics really benefit from the, the physical intimacy of their environment and the fact that everybody's drinking. So I have done a number (laughs) of, I've been fortunate enough to do a number of after dinner keynotes and I slay right as I always tell people the more you drink the funnier I am and that's not an act right? that's a that's a that's a causation so stand up comics typically work in stand up clubs as you know and 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 they very intentionally seat them very closely and it's not because they're trying to make more money or 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 you know risk their fire code it's because and this is a physiological truth: laughter is contagious. Mm-hmm. The closer you are to somebody, literally proximate, um, and they want you to almost be touching. Uh, it makes it so much likely that laughter then ripples across a room. And in a keynote environment, it's very, very rare that you have that. That's why one of the questions I ask in every prep call with clients is, "How are we seating the room?" And a lot of times it's rounds because they're having lunch in the same room as they're doing presentations and all that. And so there's tons of space between tables and all of, in the giant ballroom ceiling that's 400 feet high with a chandelier that could like cover a, you know, a, a minibus. That's it, just death for comedy. Like that physical environment is bad for laughs. Um, so I would love to work small, small, tight, tight like that. And I'd probably be funnier because it's just the way it works physiologically.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's, I know. I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. B- totally when, true. when, if you don't know that, you're like, why do they make these places so uncomfortable?
2: <laughs> I will say that um, the hours of a keynote speaker are much better than the hours of a stand up, though.
1: That is true.
2: Like that I'm done true. by five, right? And they're, yeah, and they're, and they're, and they're going on at nine, right? So it's, a, it's <laughs> not, not quite as.
1: That is true. All right. Have you ever seen those? session or the, they're like the actor's round table where you have an, a, yeah. okay. So if you, if someone said, Jay, we want you to do one of these round tables and you yeah. get to bring five individuals to be part of this conversation, we're going to tape mm-hmm. it. We're going to show it. It could be anyone, actors, comedians, author, wh- whoever, who would you pick to be in that round table?
2: Okay. Give me the rules again. It's five people.
1: Five people.
2: Um, so presumably they are living. They are um, living people. Otherwise that would be the they story of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. It
1: was like a, was
2: like a weekend at Bernie situation. That would be noteworthy, but we're going to break format this episode. Uh, so five alive people. Um, yep. And, and they can, or should be from a variety of disciplines or, they, or you
1: can choose, they can be all authors. They can be all comedians, oh whatever God. you want.
2: Impossible. Um Okay. Um, Tom York from Radiohead, Radiohead my favorite band. Um, mm-hmm. I'd go with that. Um, I'll go with Seth Godin um, because he is a, a genius and, and also is incredibly good at insights in a very small package, right? So he'd be good, like, just, I just need to talk, talk, talk. One line, got it. Um, he'd be great. Um, I will go with... Um, not Tig Notaro for this dinner. I'm going to go with John Mulaney. Ooh, um, yes,
0: amazing, Good comedian,
2: exceptional, incredible storyteller. Um, definitely one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. So I've got John. I've got um, I've got Seth. I've got Tom York. Which is this is going to be a heck of a night. Well, Tom's <laughs> going to be pretty quiet, but it yeah, would but be great to have. But you got to have that guy though. Yeah, otherwise no, it's, it's just, it's just a cacophony, right? You got to have that. Um, all right, so now I'm going to, I got to pick, um, I got to pick some ladies. Um, I'm going to go with um, Serena Williams. Ooh. Mm. She just fascinates me. Uh, I just think she's really, really interesting. Um, and you knew who else, and this is going to sound weird because I'm an old dude, Billie Eilish.
1: Oh, oh yeah.
2: No, Billie Eilish really, is fascinating. I really mm-hmm. am into Billie Eilish. I think she is a fascinating person. Um mm-hmm. that documentary on her, uh, I think it was on Apple TV Plus, is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's a new, there's the new film I'm um, coming out about Serena Williams as well. Uh with yes. Will Smith.
2: Yes. yes. Yes, that's gonna be yeah, amazing. That's gonna be amazing. Right. Too. So that's my that's my off off the top of my head dinner. I'll probably have to rethink that, but that that's my my first bet.
1: Oh, I love it. That would be a fascinating dinner to be part of. That is for sure.
0: Now, before, before we ask you recommendations on creativity uh, for our listeners and the people that are listening, Jay, I'm wondering if there's anything that you do um, in, your, you know, in your spare time that you would say is not directly related to your work, the stuff that you work, like, is there anything creative that you do that we would be surprised or listeners would be surprised? that it's like, this is my thing I do. And I'm never going to make money at it. I'm never going to do it. I, Like I, I just really like doing it.
2: Sure. Uh, I collect tequila. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm a certified tequila sommelier. Um, Wait, that's a thing? I had no yeah. idea that's a
0: thing. I didn't know uh, that
1: was a thing. Yeah,
2: it is a thing.
0: Only tequila, or uh, do you branch into the smoky tequila realm, the Mezcal, like mes- as well. like is mezcal that thing? Same? Yeah, I've been yeah. down
2: to um, Oaxaca and done a lot of Mezcal tours down there. Um, with the mezcaleros Um, tequila is my preference just because it's a little easier to kind of get your arms around Um, Mm -hmm. the production of mezcal is so limited there's so many brands but they're so um, small especially being here in indiana it's kind of hard to 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 really be part of it so um, more so tequila Um, and then i also am a uh, a barbecue aficionado uh, I'm a certified barbecue judge. I went to barbecue school. What? Uh, to <laughs> learn how to judge barbecue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm laughing. The
2: laughter is genuine. Like, I'm impressed, but also, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Barbecue school is amazing. Uh, their football team is terrible, but barbecue school is. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's really fascinating. It's like two full days, and they teach you how to be a judge. Um, for barbecue competitions and, and all the ways that people try and cheat and what you're looking for. I could do like a whole show on it. It's
1: Oh it's, my uh, gosh. Be awesome. How yeah. Do don't you cheat
2: have in you barbecue? Have... That's a, want that's me to awesome. tell you, Sean. Okay, yes. So, I want to know. All right. Uh, so I'm a certified judge for, for KCBS, the Kansas city barbecue society, which is a very specific competition type, the largest in the country. Um, you, you make four different uh, meats. You make chicken pulled pork, pork ribs, and then brisket um, in that order. Uh, there are um, six judges per table. They they bring out the entries. Um, it's anonymous, so you don't know whose entry it is. It's kind of a blind, blind tasting. But here's what happens. So let's say that you're making your pulled pork, your famous pulled pork, Sean, um, and you're gonna sauce it at the end, as one does. You decide to use this intricate um, hashtag of sauce. Well, even though you don't know who the judges are going to be, you know I'm a judge. Like, Jay, if you see the hashtag of sauce, make sure you give that one all nines because it's mine. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't use sauce. It has to be evenly applied. It can't be used as a, as a marking device. The other thing that people try and do and trip you up is they will accidentally, like, break off the little tip of a plastic fork or a little tip of a toothpick. Or they'll use their fingernail and just, like, mark the styrofoam clamshell a little bit. And so you gotta you gotta really watch um, oh for foreign God. objects and marking for people to cheat that way too. They are the secret
0: sneaky. messages. Uh, so uh, I don't asked, know. It was your question. Listen, you, you would think <laughs> if a fingernail showed up, it, yeah, even actually, if, 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 if there's an actual
2: human so. finger, it's a disqualification. That, that's a <laughs> Oh, this is Joseph's. I got this yeah, one. Yeah. I can see his yeah, it's his fraternity <laughs> ring. That's how I knew.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. That
2: yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, the third thing I used to do, but don't anymore, uh, was I was the manager of my son's high school hockey team for several, for, for several oh, years. Cool. Um, so my wife and I, she was on the, she was the scheduler. So we used to spend, I don't even know how I did it. I used to spend 200, 200 days a year on the road and another, however many days a year going to hockey tournaments all over in the Midwest. Um, uh, and I missed that. Uh, And I miss hanging out with parents in the lobby and you know drinking beer, but uh, I don't miss that kind of time and travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you teach him how to throw off the gloves? Uh, I I do not skate, uh, so I am. That's why I was the manager, not the coach. (laughs) Uh, I grew up in the desert, so so ice hockey was not a thing that was kind of on my radar.
1: Oh my gosh, I feel like I've accomplished nothing. Like, Jay, like, do you ever sleep? You're just like all ton, over the map. Yeah,
2: I, I'm always drinking tequila. I'm always. Sleeping. Yes. Comes <laughs> with <laughs> <that's> the territory.
1: <laughs> Jay, um, what is one dream that you are most looking forward to achieving over the next year?
2: Um... Well, I actually just achieved one. Um, so I'll go with that. I just recently sold my consulting firm, Convicts Convert. Mm. Um, so which is we've had the firm for 13 years, doing incredible work for incredible clients, big, big companies all over the world. Uh, and I just sold the business. And so I'm still involved as the founder, but not very much. Um, but it's been great. The transition has been fantastic. So um, it's freed up a bunch of time for me to focus on other projects like tequila and barbecue and and, and whatever I decide to do next. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty awesome.
1: Congratulations. That's, Thanks. that's really awesome. You, you are such a hard worker. It shows and you're so, um, you're really good to your people. You know, you and I, we had an opportunity to work together. I was yes. so grateful for that time. And, uh, you were so kind and let me kind of pitch you some ideas and we worked on a project. It was a fun Super project fun to do. And yeah. You're just a, a really great human. And so I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us and be part of this show. And um, we always ask our guests at the end to give some some something that some activity that will boost someone's creativity, like something that they can do five minutes or less that just kind of helps spark some creativity in their life. So we'd love to hear if you have a, a fun activity.
2: Well, shot of tequila always helps us creativity. (laughs) I just just want to leave that there because I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Um, No, you're not wrong. Recommended, but I'm not wrong. Um, So here's um, something that that I really am trying to do. Um, Well, I have some art at home and stuff that we've bought or whatever, and that's cool, I guess. But you know. (laughs) Like you have stuff in your home, um, and you just kind of walk past it, right? It just becomes part of your environment. Now that everybody's home all the time, um, it just becomes you know wallpaper, and I'm saying that metaphorically, not actually, but but it's the same. And what I'm trying to do every day is because I don't meditate, I can't sit still that long, but but really spend a few minutes a day find a different object or a piece of art or, you know, stuff that you have behind you on your bookshelf there, Kate, um, as we're recording this with our cameras on is, is just take a thing every day and just take three or four minutes and just look at it. And I mean, really look at it. Like, what was the creativity behind this? How was it made? How could it have been made differently or better? Or, or if you were asked to make that, how would you do it? And, we're so blind to the creative inspiration around us, especially the things that are near us. Um, and I think that's a shame and I'm trying to be
1: better about that. Ooh, I love that.
0: Yeah, me too. I really love that. Well, wow, that does something that personally, yeah. You know, uh, a lot of the, you mentioned meditation and yoga and spiritual, like that kind of stuff. Um, there was a, um, I wish I could remember who it was. Um, it was probably Sam Harris. Just talked about how sometimes we get caught up in the language of the, no, be present type of thing. And he just said, no, just pick something and notice it. Like
2: really look at it. I love that phrasing. Just notice it. Really look at it. Your house is a museum. It's a gallery if you choose to look at it that way. Go get, like you probably have some sort of set of knives in your kitchen. Go take a look, like a real look at, at your best knife and be like, holy shit. This is um this is a work of art. Like, how did they make this? Like, this is crazy, right? We just take all that stuff for granted and we shouldn't.
1: Yeah. Oh, Jay, you're so awesome. How can our audience um support you? What are you working I've on? How-
2: I've got big news. Um, I have a brand new newsletter. Ooh. Um called The Bare Facts. And it comes out every two weeks. And in each issue, it includes these things. It includes a story from my actual life that has happened in the previous two weeks, something weird that happened to me. And then there's a lesson, a marketing or customer experience lesson from the story. And then there's a stat that you should know that ties back to the story. And then there's a tequila recommendation, a book recommendation, a podcast recommendation, and a life hack. All of that in every issue of The Bear Facts, which you can get at thebarefacts.com. And that's B-A-E-R
1: thebearfacts.com oh my gosh i love it so much fingers crossed and Sean, maybe our podcast will be featured
2: oh, right. yeah see <laughs> we can make that happen
1: oh my gosh jay you're so great thebearfacts.com and uh thank you so much again for taking the time it was so fun to reconnect with you and um congrats again on selling the business thanks, it's so thanks. exciting Thanks and uh good luck with all of your all of your fun adventures and everything that you're doing if there's anything that we can do to support you please let us know we're here for you and uh appreciate you as always
2: i uh, appreciate you thanks kate thanks sean it was great to be with you have me back sometime we'll we'll do a whole episode on uh barbecue uh cheating strategies
1: <laughs>
0: fantastic thanks jake ya.
1: oh my gosh awesome jay you're so great
2: thanks it was a lots of fun great questions enjoyed it
0: Jay's wonderful. It was nice. I hadn't spoken with him in a really long time. And uh, it, I mean, he's always been a really nice, I, 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 comes off as a really nice guy, but yeah. I was reminded um, of that. It's funny. I was making fun of the uh, the person that just posts their blog posts. Um, and I was thinking about Seth Godin specifically. So when he, uh, when I said, oh, we make fun of people that are in marketing. And he said, oh, I'd have Seth Godin at the table. I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, I, listen. I I probably would too. I just I had a disagreement with Seth Godin, uh, but I what did what was love your
1: disagreements?
0: My my favorite thing about Seth Godin, though, and I and I, I'll always remember this. And I think he would like this because it's a it's a purple cowy type of thing. And for the listeners that don't know Seth Godin, like really well known in the marketing community, one of his first books like really sort of catapulted him. And I think that he continues to do it. Uh, it's called Purple Cow, and it's about being remarkable in the strict definition of that word, like able to remark. Well, he had his his keynote, his notes, um, and instead of them being in a folder that he carried around, he was carrying them in a Yertle the Turtle book, the Dr. Seuss book. Okay. So, so he had them folded up in that book, and he was carrying that around as his like. As his notebook, like as his folder. And I was like, You're, even if you're eccentric, even if, you know, you've got the Wizard of Oz wrong, you are a really interesting fella. So (laughs) I love that. I love that Jay put him at the table. And Tom York, do you know Tom York?
1: No, I don't. I love
0: Tom York. I love, I mean, I love radio. Your
1: face lit up. And I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, when he said, What was the band again?
0: Radiohead.
1: Radiohead. Yeah. Did you have
0: to look them up? Kate, are you gonna Well I mean up?
1: I know Radiohead. Well, actually, of course I know them, but I don't know them. Like I don't know them <laughs> like I know of them.
0: I, of course I of course I know of course them. I
1: know that they're a band, but I do I know them?
0: Do I know them, know them? I mean,
1: let's just put it this way. They wouldn't be at my dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they might now. Maybe like, they oh, will.
1: Yeah. Maybe they will. I'll just watch yeah. the one that Jay does with him.
0: Yeah, well, and I've I've already gotten an email from Jay. I mean, it was automated, but because I signed up for the newsletter um, you while we were up, always feel better, and you'll know you're headed in a direction. Like even if the direction is I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, I don't know what like that counts. That's the direction. You're not just sitting there. <laughs> so do something, and uh, you'll always feel feel better. Get out of your head and just become present. So thanks everybody for listening.
1: true he does he just did you just say
0: tequila like the song tequila that's impressive
1: i didn't say that
0: oh you didn't say tequila you did no i
1: didn't, you didn't say that who said tequila that was...
0: yeah you went tequila you know like da 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 tequila not. that's what you said
1: i guess you heard it that way but well, I didn't
0: we're way. gonna hear it that way roll the tape roll the tape
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome well Hey, listen, thank you. Sean is dancing. Um, If you, yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, which you probably did, if you're still listening to us rambling on and on after that show, um, we would love for you to subscribe if if you have not subscribed. I should probably learn how to talk if I'm a podcaster. And also leave us a review because we love Do The Thing. To get it out, to share it, to, and and I love the accountability but, but think, piece. But think about this.
3: Let's say that you, you know, let's say that you were like me, very embarrassed about your Instagram feed for a very <laughs> long time. And then, you know, you you sit down and you, you spend a week looking at what other people are doing. And you get inspired. And you spend a week or two um, coming up with a few things and, and doing and trying a few things. You're now, what, three weeks into it? And then you spend, uh, let's say another two weeks releasing content, right? Like, like you release a, a few posts each week by the sixth week, no one is going to scroll down far enough to see the old version of you, new bio, new brand, new image, new look, right? Within six weeks, you can transform the very way that people see you. Like, mm-hmm. like, it can happen in so many different areas. And if you were to focus as much time as I focused on my health, <laughs> because <laughs> it's like 30 hours a week I spend on either like meal prep or working out, think about how much you could transform like, you know, your IG or your podcast or whatever it is. Like like this is what you know, you talk about starting the podcast, the Redu Hard Things podcast. When I started it, if you go back, it's almost like it was a hobby to me. And, um, you know, I was doing it and it was fun, but, you know, I look back and it's like, I don't think I took it as seriously as I could have. And we just launched in October and then in January. So we launched in October, um, because I'd spent three months pre-recording stuff to try and play and see, um, Oh, it's something we release in October by December. It's something different by, uh, April, by February and March, it was something totally different. Then in May, I was like, "We need to go to season two. We rebuilt everything. We redid everything." And then over the last, um, you know, few weeks, we're like going to three episodes per week. Like, and then I look back and I'm like, "Oh, each little burst that I just described was only a four, five, six week period." Mm-hmm. right like like you can measure you can you can measure these these pushes forward these drives forward these developments in these cycles as well, and maybe you have your own cadence or your own rhythm, maybe it's two or three months, maybe you're more a d h d than me and it's like every week
0: <laughs>
3: but but you have these these things and and you can make these huge breakthroughs if you just take note of what you're doing,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. so mark, it is you're so. I, I I need to find a better word than awesome, but I just think you are a, a remarkable human. I'm so glad that we're friends. Um, I have one last question for you because I'm so curious to know what is your definition of creativity?
3: Oh, I thought you were going to go with success. That seems to be like a standard question. I'm like, what's so your defi- glad
1: you did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was
3: like, oh, the natural definition of success. Okay. Natural definition of creativity. Um, I think that it's having the courage to um, express your vision um, and own it. And um, yeah, I won't over talk it. I think that's what it is.
0: Yeah. I love that. Awesome. See, I said awesome, too. Great. I know. I'm so
1: sorry. That's what
3: happened. Hold on. I'm DMing you adjectives right now.
1: I know. Awesome.
3: (laughs) Oh, this is remarkable. Remarkable. Ordinary man.
1: I love (laughs) that word, remarkable. I think that's a great word to use to describe someone. Um, Mark is remarkable. 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 Mark is remarkable. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Mark, where can people... Find you and your podcasts and all the fun places. Oh, hit me up on IG. my My handle is
3: Mark Drager. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. My handle is Mark Drager, or you can <laughs> you can search We Do Hard Things podcast. Uh, and those are the best places. That's where. I mean, of course, Clubhouse. How can I fail to mention that? You know, we uh, we have the We Do Hard Things Club, and then I'm kind of in tons of rooms. So you can certainly follow me there. And my handle there is Mark Drager as well. <laughs>
1: Shocker. All right, oh my gosh. Go look at, yeah. We're I was one of those jabs. guys who
3: parked, who parked all of the names and everything as soon as you could. So.
1: Oh yeah. That's the way to do it. Mark. Thank you so much for taking the time. It has been so much fun today, but just getting to know you, I'm so glad that we're friends now and it's for life. You can't get rid of me because <laughs> you're,
3: that's true. To <laughs> be honest with you, I would to be honest with you, I so love this vibe. Um, I don't usually record at this time of day and I don't usually have these types of interviews. This has been this has been a lot of fun. So thank you for having me.
1: Oh my gosh, I love thank you so much. I feel like coming from you, such the professional podcaster, <laughs> I was like almost a little nervous to even have you. So I'm so bre- I'm so grateful.
3: Oh, uh, but then you took a breath and you're like, oh, I do hard things. Here we go.
1: I do hard things, like interview Mark. um this has been so great i appreciate you taking the time and i'm excited to see you hey i'll see you on clubhouse and we're going to continue the conversations and i'm here to support you and your work and your creativity i think you're doing some incredible things in the world and i am here to support you and and them and um keep keep doing those hard things
0: all right kate listen you love every guest uh <laughs> well you book you book most of the guests, so that's why. But <laughs> what are you gonna take away from this one?
1: Ooh, what am I gonna take away from this one? There were so many great things that Mark shared. I just enjoyed the essence of the conversation, and it's a reminder of it, it's a reminder of the process and consistency to me, it's just, it was so much around do, do the work. Yeah. Do the work.
2: Why
0: keep coming back to it? And he, and he mentioned it and alluded to it a little bit by uh, the, uh, the not good enough bit that came up too. but I'm, I'm curious for, for listeners, for for anybody that 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 wants to make things or, or has goals or things that they want to accomplish, where there's like, that's too hard, that's too much, that's too far gone. As an adult, like if you've made it to age 30, you know that everything takes it's a lot of small pieces. Like you don't swallow a steak, like you don't <laughs> you don't <laughs> jump to the top of a mountain. Like you know, we know. Like we know it. Like deep down inside, we know it. And yet and yet you run into that situation of the oh my god, like this is gonna be and now there's no way I'm gonna get to that or or how can I do that thing? Where usually if you know you're gonna go to the top of a mountain after the first three steps, you're fine. You know, you're out of the car and you've stretched a little bit and you start walking and you're like, Well, I'm going to the top of the mountain, you know, like and you adjust. I get really thirsty. I get really tired. I need to take a break. I debate going back down, but decide to keep going. Like, like all of those things, you'll handle once you get to them. And so, him explaining that, and then just coming back to that, you know, he said that he 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 can fall into that scarcity mindset, and yet explained life as a more of an abundant mindset. And and the word faith has a lot of baggage with me sometimes. But that's that's what it is like. You you, it's it's there and it will work out and it will be beautiful. But you you've got to move. You've got to you've got to move forward. You've got to take the step. You've got to do it. So, yeah, that was really, really wonderful. Thanks for uh, thanks for snagging them off of the clubhouse and bringing them <laughs> and bringing them on.
1: That's right. Absolutely. And uh, we're so grateful for all of you who are listening, who continue to listen to us and our creation we love you we (laughs) love we love you so if you liked this podcast this episode and if you like the show and you haven't yet given us a rating or a review we would so appreciate it it we are really excited to we've been talking about the upcoming seasons and what we want to do and how we're making a little bit of changes to the show based on some recommendations or feedback from you. So we would love to, we love hearing from you. That's the bottom line. We love you. We love hearing from you. You want to join our Facebook community? Please do so. You can uh, find us over on, over on Facebook. We'll let you, we'll let you into the group, you know, be part of the community.
0: Send me a DM on Instagram. And if we're not friends or become new friends, I will write you a haiku on the spot. It will be be amazing. You're going to want to put it on a t-shirt. You're going to like Kate doesn't even get that, the haiku on the spot, but you, you get the haiku on the spot. Send me a note.
1: Wow.
0: We're ready to go. Let me know you listen to the show. Um, We'd love to just keep, keep growing it. Find new guests, find new opportunities and find, I think just more, the more we have creative procrastinators in the world sharing and talking with each other, uh, the better, the less creative procrastination that goes on.
1: That's right. And you can message me. I won't write you a haiku.